0: Good morning everybody. How is everyone doing? So good to be with you this morning. Let me just feast on the beauty of real life human beings that are not encased on a Zoom call on my video screen. I'm so happy to see you. What a joy to be with you this morning. I want to give a very warm welcome to our dearly beloved Don Finta who's with us this morning. Can we welcome Don. For those of you who may not have met Don, Don is a father in our city and dearly loved in our church as one of our apostolic advisory board members here. And so we love every time you're here, Don. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's so good to see so many of you. I wonder if we could do something before we do what we're going to do this morning. I wonder if we could um, pray for our passes this morning. You know, Jeff and Becky that we love dearly. Jeff is on uh uh, I forget what we call it. He's on compassionate leave. His, he's hit the dollar family would really benefit our prayers this morning, especially this week of Thanksgiving. Jeff, is, his mother and his father and his sister uh, all need help. And he is really the primary caregiver for all three in this season of his life. And so um, Jeff and Becky, if you're watching, we love you, we miss you, we are praying for you. And so as a church, can we stand this morning and just lift up our pastors and their family this morning? Uh, before heaven. So Father, we thank you for Jeff and Becky Dollar, for Joel and for Bethany and for the the gift that that family is to this house, to our city, to us personally. And Lord, with, uh, with all of our voices and all of our faith joined together, we lift them up to you. Thank you for them. What a gift they are, Lord. Everything we enjoy this morning, Lord, the culture, the climate that we have, is because of that family. And so we bless them this morning. And Lord, as we go into this week of Thanksgiving, we want to extend thanks for our senior pastors and we also want to lift them up and lift up their family. Would you be with Jeff's mom, his dad, his sister, with Becky's mom, Lord. Would you bless this family? Would you turn the tide uh, that's been the winds that have been buffeting that family and would you do a work of uh, of miraculous nature for them this week lord give them strength give them energy give them encouragement and give them gladness of heart in jesus name amen thank you for doing that it's so important we pray for our leaders pray for our pastors and pray in general amen i don't even want to start preaching i've just got so much gladness being with you and just kind of looking at you all and Oh, it's so good to be with you. Uh, yeah, that's, it's really good. I've got so much gladness just looking out and seeing people. And the more I look, the more I see. I love it. It's wonderful. We have had a, a, just a real kiss from heaven the last couple of weeks. We had David Wagner with us last week. Wasn't that amazing? Just love David. Love the Wagner family. The week before, we had Mark DuPont. It's always interesting when prophets come in back to back, isn't it? It's like, okay, Lord, what are you up to? And I was praying, like I, I, was, I was praying about what to do. I always kind of a privilege and an honor to to be with you, and it's one of my great joys to be able to feed the people. I love that part of my job, and so I was praying, and I really felt the Lord put upon my heart to to, uh, and I I love when I get weeks and weeks and weeks, because as a teacher, I love to have more time than just 45 minutes. I love to build precept upon precept upon precept, and I've really felt the Lord put something in my heart all about finances. Um, I've I've talked about finances before, and so... Generally speaking, the feedback I get from finances or the messages I've taught is, Ellen, oh, thank you. I put that into practice. It's amazing. About 80% of the feedback I get is, this teaching changed my life. About 20% of the, te- 20% of the feedback is, I love your teaching. I did what you said and nothing's happened. And I really want to address that. But I'm not going to do it this week. I'm going to start that series next week. Here's why I was planning on doing it. Honest, I was at my computer last night, just like, oh, Lord, I'm so excited to teach. This is going to be great. And about 9.30 last night, the Holy Spirit said to me, would you come and pray instead of prepare? So I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And so I left my office. I went to my bedroom. And I I just began to pray and just said, Lord, you know, like, you know, the worst mistake a pastor could make is get in the way of what the Lord wants to do. Wouldn't that be a tragedy? So I was just like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I never want to get out of step with you. Like, what is it you would love to do? And he said, I would love you to tell stories tomorrow. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll tell stories. Which stories did you have in mind? And he, he dropped them in my spirit. But I remembered the words of David Campbell, right? another dear you know, friend of the house. He said, well, he said, I tell ministers all the time, no matter what you do, read something from the Bible. So at least something you said on a Sunday was inspired, okay? So I'm going to make sure that we read the Bible. And I'm going to read a story from the life of Jesus. And then I want to tell you some stories uh, just to encourage you and then we'll play. Does that sound good? Oh, good. Can I pray before I begin? I'm just so much happiness. But Father, I thank you for the gladness of being together, Lord. I thank you for the richness of, of community and of fellowship and of being together. And Lord, I pray for everybody who's not in this room but belongs to our church, who's watching online or who are at home or who are caring for families or are traveling. Would you give us a sense of fellowship this morning, no matter where we are, whether we're in this room, whether we're watching online, uh, or whether, Lord, we're watching this on replay Lord would you give us a sense of being the body of being together thank you Lord for the gift of the church thank you for the what a genius idea Lord that you put us in Christ and then you put us together as part of the body and we honor you this morning would you give us a a tremendous time this morning Lord as we look at your word as we tell stories about your faithfulness and your goodness And would you put something deep in our hearts? Lord, would you change something about our lives that would have reverberations for generations to come? In Jesus' name, amen. This is one of my favorite stories. It's found in Luke 18. We've got to be careful because when we say stories, we tend to think about stories as fiction. This isn't fiction. This is fact. This is a record. One of my favorite things about this story is It's found at the end of Luke 18. If you read Luke 18, this isn't even the main point of Luke 18. It's just an incidental story that handily illustrates the point of Luke 18. We don't have time to unpack that, but let's read it. It says this. This is It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, the verse before, Jesus has just told his disciples, hey guys, we need to go to Jerusalem because I need to die, but don't worry, I'm going to get raised up again. The disciples are like, what are you talking about? And then it says this. So they're on their way, but they're making a pit stop in Jericho. It says, as Jesus approached, approached jericho a blind beggar was sitting beside the road and when he heard the noise of a crowd going past he asked what was happening and they told him that jesus was going by so he began shouting jesus son of david have mercy on me be quiet the people in front yelled at him but he only shouted louder son of david have mercy on me When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who sought, praised God too. What a great story in the life of Jesus. There's so much we could unpack that I'm going to resist because I want to be obedient. I want to tell stories. The one thing I do want to comment on is this didn't happen because of a ministry appointment. This didn't happen because the man went to synagogue. This didn't happen like many of the other stories in Scripture. This almost happened randomly, right? It was just Jesus was going somewhere, and along the way, somebody bumped into him, so to speak, right? It doesn't say that Jesus stopped and saw him and the Father from heaven showed, you know. He just said he was going this way, and his life, that moment in life was intersected by somebody who placed a draw on the anointing of God. I love that. Just this like because I don't know about you the vast majority of my life is made up with living. It's not made up with ministry. It's like paying taxes or going to Whole Foods or picking up the kids or you know trying to fix your cable internet. It's just made up of life. It doesn't look glamorous. It doesn't look kingdom, but we have to understand all of life is an invitation for kingdom of God to invade. That's what I want to talk about this morning. My story starts with this gentleman that you probably don't know. This uh, is a man, he's a pastor in London. He is a retired major from the Ghanaian army. And how I met him was I went to church about 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. I went to church at the time I was going to church in Toronto. And I remember kind of sitting the equivalent of there. And I was having a grumpy God day. Do you ever have grumpy God days where you're grumpy and you think you're grumpy at God, but that's preposterous, but you haven't figured it out yet? Do you ever have those? Just me? Hello, I'm Ellen, and I'm a grumpy Godaholic, okay? I was having one of those, and this was my problem. My problem was very similar to the problem I find myself in. Remember, like about four weeks ago, I started talking about the lack of anointing present in my life and in the church, and it's causing me grief. Like I am heavy in heart because of the lack of anointing. I was having one of those things about 12 years ago and I was in a, in a church that was known around the world for miracles. And it wasn't for the lack of miracles. I saw miracles all the time. It just, it felt like when I went to pray for people, nothing happened. And it was so frustrating because I was like, I believe it. I've got the best teachers in the world. I see it modeled for me, but... Please forgive me, Austin. (laughs) Okay, all right, we're back. And so I'm there, and Steve Long, who's one of our pastors in Toronto, and a dear friend, and is a wonderful teacher in his own right, and he's got an incredible gift of healing. Steve is introducing our guest speaker Who's this gentleman, Sam Larby And so Steve gets up and he says Hey guys, we've got a real treat for you this morning I want to introduce you to Sam Larby He's going to share with us this morning Sam has an amazing ministry of uh, healing and of miracles I can't wait for him to get up here uh, but let me tell you a story before he gets up here. So we're like, okay. And Steve says, I go to the airport on Thursday night to pick up Sam, but there's a problem. Sam can't get in the country. He's just flown from London Heathrow to Toronto Pearson, gets off the plane. Customs and immigration won't let him in the country. And so Sam's a bit confused because he's like, well, I'm a British citizen. I don't need a visa to get in. They're like, well, you, you can't come in. You don't have a visa. He's like, I don't, I'm a tourist. I don't need a visa. Like we have a, uh, like a visa waiver program. She said, sir, you're here to work. He's like, no, 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 I'm here. She said, sir, you have a staff of 26 people and TV cameras with you. Now he brought a ministry team from his church to film all the miracles that were gonna happen. And so the customs and agents people were like, no, that's a TV crew. So he's like, well, what do we do? She's like, you can leave all your equipment here and you and your staff can come in and you can pick it up on the way out or you can pay a fine of $6,000. So Sam looks at her and says, you have pain in your body. And she says, yeah, I do. And he says, repeat this with me, you'll get healed. And so she repeats this little prayer with him and she gets healed and says, welcome to Canada. Okay, so Steve says, so like, that was, that was great. So, you know, he said, we get in the elevator, we're going up to the fourth floor where the parking is. He said, it's just me and Sam. And I guess the other 26 took the stairs with all their camera equipment. He says, we're in the elevator. There's another gentleman in the elevator that we don't know, minding his own business. And Sam says, excuse me, sir, you have pain in your body. And the gentleman in the elevator is like, yeah, I, I do. And Sam's like, well, repeat this with me. You'll get healed. And so he re- leads him in a four-line prayer. And this guy gets healed. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm mad at this guy. He's been in the country less than 10 minutes and has healed more people than I have. And I've been here for years. Like, what the heck? Steve says, that's not even the story of it. He said, we arrive at the hotel. I run into the hotel to check Sam in and just check everything's organized. Sam's still in the car gathering his effects. He said, I'm getting the key. And he's speaking to the, the guy behind the counter. And Sam runs in up to the counter and says, has Steve told you the amazing news? And Steve's like, what uh, amazing news? And the gentleman says, uh, no. He says, Jesus loves you. And by the way, do you have pain in your body? And the man says, I do. And he says, oh, I'll pray this with me. You'll get healed. Prays for him. He gets healed. Steve and um, Sam, they drop off their stuff. Steve drives Sam to the Thursday night meeting at church. And... Uh, they do a miracle service, you know, they do healing. They come back. It's probably, I don't know, maybe 9, 10, maybe later. PM and I, they come back to the hotel and the clerk who checked them in is off duty but hasn't gone home. He's waited in the lobby for them to return. And every time he hears the doors go, you know, open and close, he jumps up to see if it, it's them. Steve and Sam walk in. This gentleman accosts them and says, sir, I must speak with you. And so Sam's like, yeah, well, like, what, like, what do you need? He's like, when you prayed for me, he said, all of my anguish left. Now he didn't have physical pain, he had mental, he said, I was depressed, I was in mental torment. What happened? He said, what did you do to me? And Sam said this killer line, which to this day I love. He said, sir, that was Jesus on the outside. Would you like Jesus on the inside? I know, that'll preach, right? This man... Uh, you know, he is not from a Christian faith tradition at all. Doesn't know who Jesus is. Sam explains who Jesus is. He gives his life to the Lord. So I'm here going, Steve, I love these stories. Get off the stage and let us hear Sam. Steve, knowing my thoughts, says, I've got one more story for you. He said, I go to the hotel this morning to pick him up to this very meeting. We're leaving the hotel. He closes the door and the person in the, the corridor, um, um, uh, the, you know, the maid says, good morning. Good morning. And Sam says, good morning, you have pain in your body. And she says, yes, I do. You know the drill, leads him in a four-line prayer. She gets healed, comes to church. Now, Sam gets up and he shares just story after story after story after story. An amazing service, just wonderful service. And we end the service and he says this. He says, you know, you guys have been here. You've been a wonderful audience. It feels like you've had a great time. He said, the biggest tragedy of this morning is that this morning stays a memory and doesn't become a catalyst. And you have a choice right now. You can sit here and go, wow, that was a great service. And in a couple of weeks, forget about it. Or you can understand that I'm telling you that story so that you can do what I do. And he said, this is my challenge to you. If you will have the boldness to ask somebody, excuse me, but do you have pain in your body? God will back you up with anointing and you'll see them healed. And so I'm sitting there and my grumpy God day has shifted to a... Yeah, like you know, I'm way too haughty. I shouldn't to my. You know, I'm having a Job forty two moment. Where like, I am really sorry that I even laid a complaint at your doorstep, okay? Because now the challenge is on me, and so I leave and I just think, yeah, that's true. I could talk because my lament to the Lord that morning was, Lord, I'm tired of telling other people's testimonies. I want some testimonies of my own. And then Sam gets up and preaches and leaves us that challenge. So we leave church. I'm, I'm really moved. I'm really, really moved by what I heard. I'm moved by the challenge. And so we're driving home. We have to stop at Walmart to pick up toilet paper because even men of God need toilet paper, all right? And so going to Walmart, and I'm thinking, this is easy. He told me all I have to do is ask, do you have pain in your body? And so I see somebody in a blue vest, and I walk right up to them and said, Excuse me, but do you know where the toilet paper is? I, I just chickened out, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I like I I'm like not a quiet person. I can speak to people. This is fine. So I get the toilet paper, I'm muttering to myself thinking I could do it, I could do it, I could do it. I come to the front of the store, and there's all those like, you know, big six-foot-white tables laid out where people are giving free samples of sausage or cheese. And and so I feel like the Holy Spirit say, imagine my podium is there, like Alan, go ask that person. So with determination, I walk straight up to them and keep on walking. And again, for the second time, I'm kicking myself thinking, this is ridiculous. Come on, Jones. Like, you can do it. Like, all you're asking somebody is, do you have pain in your body? So I stop at the next table. I grab a piece of, um, do you all hear that, right? Okay, good. Where I, so I stop. I grab a piece of French bread with some, like, margarine or butter substitute, shove it in my mouth, say to the lady who's behind the counter, you have pain in your body, right? As dramatic as that. And she looks at me, she's like, no, I don't. Unmoved, I say, "Yeah, you do. You have pain in your body," and she's like, "No, I don't." And in that moment, I have those like kind of mini-intercession moments with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're like, "You said you'd buy me up," and like, "Lord, I'm dying a thousand deaths here." And as I'm praying, like, whinging really, uh, I feel this pain shoot down the back of my right leg, and I said to her, "Yes, you do. You've got pain going down the back of your right leg." And she's like, "How did you know?" And I'm like, "The bigger question is, why didn't you say yes?" so i said to her like hey if you repeat this with me you'll get healed and she said what and i just said just say this after me i said this healing belongs to me because of what jesus has done i receive my healing now in the name of jesus and i said check you check your right so she starts stamping she's like that's amazing I said, what about your left leg? She's like, nope, it's still there. I said, well, repeat again with me. This healing belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. I receive my healing now in the name of Jesus. And I said, I check your left leg. And well, she starts squealing, like freaking out. She's like, how did you do that? And I steal Sam's line. Ma'am, that is Jesus on the outside. Would you like to know Jesus on the inside? Again, not from a Christian faith tradition, has no clue who Jesus is. I get to explain the same Jesus that took away your pain is the same Jesus who can take away your sin. And I, I, on the spot, I'm like, I'm so glad I was raised in the brethren. I can can make up a four-line salvation prayer really quickly. (laughs) Sam didn't teach us that line. She gives her life to the Lord. I pay for my toilet paper. I get back in the car where AJ's waiting for me. I must've been pale or something because AJ was like, are you okay? And I'm like, "Uh, uh, I got one. And she's like, one what? I was like, I just saw somebody get healed and they gave their life to Jesus. And AJ's like, right now in Walmart? And I'm like, yeah. And that for me started this multi-year habit of being obnoxiously socially awkward and asking pretty much everybody I met, do you have pain in your body? And then watching what would happen. A.G. and I used to travel a lot. We used to spend our lives on airplanes and in airports. And that's great because when you're in an airplane, you have a captive audience. Nobody can get out. You know, if you're flying, you know, transatlantically or transpacifically, they're stuck with you for like 10, 12 hours. And so I remember one time A.G. and I were flying from Toronto to LAX, from LAX to Auckland. That is a long flight. We had like a six-hour layover in LA. So we turn up at Toronto. We're running late. And so we're checking in. And I can feel my wife being you know, in the back of her eyes, boring into the back of my head going, please don't ask her, please don't ask her, please don't ask her. I've finished the check-in process and I'm like, do you have pain in your body? And AJ's like, great, that's it. We're gonna miss our flight. And the lady says to me, I do have pain in my body. I just wrenched my back yesterday, lifting a bag onto a conveyor belt. I said, don't oh, repeat this with me, you'll get healed. And so I lead her through the four-line prayer and all of her pain goes. And she's like, that... That's a, how did you do that? And again, I said, that's not me. I was Jesus on the outside. Would you like to know Jesus on the inside? She was a little confused by that, as you would imagine. She said, oh, well, I'm a Catholic. I already know about Jesus. And I said, oh, great. It was around the time uh, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ movie was out. I said, have you seen the Passion of the Christ? She said, yeah. I said, do you know why Jesus died for you? She said, I don't. I said, well, let me explain. And I talk about how Jesus' death on the cross... Was to pay not only for our, our sicknesses which you just experienced, but for the salvation of our soul. And while it's important that our bodies are free from pain, it's more important that our souls are rightly justified with God. So she says, I want to give my life to Jesus. So right there at the check-in counter, while well, there's a big line of angry people behind me. This woman gets healed and she gets saved. And then, you know, this is the kindness of heaven, this kindness of God. She looks at her watch, she's like, sir, you're never gonna make your connection. So she grabs us by the hand, rushes us through priority check-in, we make our flight, it's all good. We get to LAX, we're unwinding. Now we're on a flight from LA to Auckland. The... Uh, the flight attendant is handing out stuff and I notice she's wearing a cast. If you, if, Listen, if you've ever been out and just like, I would love if God would speak to me about a time for healing. Anytime you see somebody in a cast, that's God speaking to you. That person needs healing. Uh, easiest word of knowledge ever. You're like, mm, I perceive that you have pain in your right wrist. Behold, the prophet in your midst. So I see her with this cast and I said to her, ma'am, I don't mean to be rude. I said, but like... Are you in pain? She said, yeah, yeah, I've I've got repetitive strain injury. And so I said, oh, well, repeat this with me, you'll get healed. And so she repeats this with me and she doesn't get healed. Now, Sam told us like, hey, if that happens, don't, don't be discouraged. It's an opportunity to just see what the Holy Spirit's up to. So she doesn't get healed. She says, no, it's exactly the same. And so Sam said, one of your biggest blockages to healing is not lack of faith. Listen, that person has exercised all the faith they need in humoring you. Right? Like, if you're at work and you stop to pray out loud, you've exercised probably more faith than all of us put together this morning. Right? No offense, but it doesn't take much faith to sit on your blessed assurance. Right? But for her to just kind of boldly, like, oh, yeah. So faith is rarely the issue, but unforgiveness could be. Right? So I said, Well, how did you hurt your wrist? She said, Oh, it's from my work. It's repetitive strain from constantly handing out. I said, Well, would you be willing to forgive your employer? So she then she starts with this list of problems with her employer. I was like, I hear all that. You could keep your grievances and your pain or you could trade your grievances for forgiveness and watch what God does. So she says, right, I'm gonna forgive them. So right there, I'm leading her to forgive the airline we're currently flying on. And then I pray with her again. All of her pain goes. She takes off her cast. She's like, that's amazing. One of the other flight attendants comes over and says, what's going on here? And before I can explain, she says, he just healed me. And before I could say, I didn't, it was Jesus. She just said, oh, great. Said, my hip is killing me. Can you pray for me? And I'm like, Lord, what is my life? This is amazing. But it would, it would happen everywhere. I remember being on the phone. Um, oh, this is a Well, let me tell you the phone one and let me tell you a couple of others. There's another one that the Holy Spirit just brought to mind. Holy Spirit, bring it back to mind, please. I'm at home. I have to call FedEx to kind of arrange a pickup. So, you know, call 1-800-GO-FEDEX and, you know, deal with everything I need. As I'm finishing the call, I just say to the person, hey, by the way, do you have pain in your body? She's like, no, but like, why are you asking? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. I love to pray for people that have helped me and I just wondered if you had pain in your body. She said, I don't, but that's so kind of you to think of me, but thank you. And so we hang up and like, no problem. A couple of minutes later, my phone rings and a completely different voice. is like, is this Mr. Jones? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is Sarah with uh, the FedEx office in Mississauga. And I'm thinking I probably gave him, you know, misread my credit card number or something like that. And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, this is me. She said, my colleague told me that you pray for the sick. Would you pray for me? I have a killer migraine. And I'm like, I love that I have like the lost calling me at home for an encounter with Jesus. And so pray for her. She gets healed. Um, what was the story I was going to tell, Holy Spirit? This one's fun. This wasn't the one, but we were, AJ and I were traveling to New England. We got off an airplane. We walk into kind of like the little store in the airport. It was a small airport. And as I walk in, I see a gentleman at the counter buying a scratch ticket, you know, like a lottery ticket, a scratch ticket. And as I walk in, I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, not that one, but the one below. Now... Unless you're like a little bit scared about that, worry not. Proverbs says, the law is cast into the lap, but the decision belongs to the Lord. Right? So the Lord knows which one's a winner. I thought I would be on like firmer ground if I gave you a Bible verse, but apparently not. All right, let's overlook that little foray. Like, you don't get to pick the words of knowledge. You just have to be faithful in giving them. So the guy says, oh, and I'll take this. I said, oh, sir, you don't want that one. You want the one below. And he looks at me like, what? And so he said, okay, I'll actually take the one below, takes it, scratches it off, wins. Now, you know what that does? Gives me a captive audience. So he's like, well, how do you do that? I said, well, before I answer that, do you have pain in your body? And, and now he's freaked out, like, yeah, I do. And now the guy behind the camera is like, whoa. <laughs> and so... Pray the four-line prayer, he gets healed. Like, so this was the season of life where everywhere we went, just by being bold and awkward enough to stop and say, excuse me, but do you have pain in your body? We'd watch just God do just amazing stuff. I loved it. It was like full of gladness with it. Um, Lord, what was that story you were gonna tell me? It'll come back if it's important. All right. My point in telling you that story is Like stuff can shift if we place a draw on the anointing of God. If we don't place a draw of the anointing on God, we're waiting for him to move sovereignly. And have you noticed that God moves way less sovereignly than you or I would like? Let me just say that again. It would be nice if God would just go, and everybody gets saved. But he wants to partner with us to have those awkward conversation that leads to salvation. Now, why does he do that? I don't know because he's God. He likes to make things fun for us. But my experience with the Lord is when you step out, he backs you up. Okay. And so, oh, I remember the story. Ah, okay. Where was the Waco, Texas? We're, AJ and I are in Waco, Texas with some friends. And we're all Christians, we're all set at a table and I'm having another grumpy God moment. As in, it's a bunch of Christians who are all talking about what's wrong with the world. And in my heart, I become all self-righteous and basically have a conversation with the Lord, the flip side of what I've just had. Lord, why aren't you doing stuff? Like, you know, you're full of power. Like we're lacking power. Why don't you just do something? And the Holy Spirit says to me, why don't you do something? So I was like, Okay, So I excuse myself from this discussion that really feels like it's going nowhere and go back to the hostess stand uh, and AJ, who has since learned it's way less awkward if there's a normal person standing next to the weird person asking if there's pain in the body. So AJ knows what's about to happen. I go, to the, the, I go up to the hostess stand and I ask the lady there, excuse me, do you have pain in your body? And she looks at me like, Ooh, uh, like I have no grit for this. So AJ stands next to me and just smiles and nods like, like normalizing the fact, all right? And the girl says, no, I don't. Which, by the way, maybe like 50%, nah, probably not that high, a significant amount of time, maybe a third of the time, people say no because they're freaked out and they just want to get away from you. In that no is an ideal time to ask the Lord for a word of knowledge, right? So she says no, and as soon as she says no, I see stuff right down, Uh, She was standing this way, right down her right shoulder. I see it on my left, on her right shoulder. I just see like this glow go down her. I said, are you sure? Because it looks like your neck and your shoulder is in pain. Well, she takes a physical step away from me. She's like, how do you know that? And I said, oh, I'm a pastor. Like some places that like lowers the anxiety. Texas, that tends to lower the anxiety. In other parts of the world, doesn't do you any favours, okay? So, Uh, So I said to her, you know, I'm a pastor and, you know, I, like, this is what I do for a living. And so she said, okay. I said, if you repeat this with me, you'll get healed. And so I, you know, lead her through this prayer and she gets healed and now she's freaking out, right? And now there's an uh, an, uh, older colleague next to her who's watching what's happening and she's right, visibly moved by the Holy Spirit. And she wants to know how that happens. Like she's like trying to hold back her tears. She wants to know what's happened. I use Sam's line, that's Jesus on the outside. Would you like to know Jesus on the inside? Well, at this time, the people we're having dinner with have now realized there's a commotion. So they've come over. And just as they come over, she's given her life to the Lord. And the person who we're with, who lives here locally, just says, ma'am, I go to a church right around the corner from this restaurant. Would you like to come to church with me tomorrow? And I'm just realizing like for all my complaining, all it took was me to back my chair out, go over and just be curious. Do you, I don't have a word of knowledge. I was just like, do you have pain in your body? No, led to a word of knowledge, led to healing, led to a salvation, led to this person getting connected to a local church. What if the revival we're looking for is waiting for us just to be awkward? And just ask like, because there's a dying world out there who wants our answers. They just don't like most of our questions. So here's what I'd love you to do. I'd love to like, have a little bit of a playtime. Here's what we're gonna do is I'm gonna make half of you unsaved. Sorry, you're gonna hell. We'll fix that in a moment. And you're in crippling pain. Half of you... Or just like walking in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you're not intimidated by sickness, you're gonna get the other half healed. Here's how we're gonna do it. In a minute, I'm gonna ask you to stand up and get in pairs. Now, a lot of you, like you're, you're here, if you're here on your own, do not fret. Just look around for somebody else who's looking like equally lost and then kind of pair up with them, okay? You don't have to do anything weird, you're just having a conversation. There'll be no touching, nothing awkward. Just, you're, you're not laying hands on anybody, you're just having a conversation. So go ahead and stand up. And if you don't have a partner to work with, walk around. Henry, did your wife just abandon you? She just abandoned you, okay. Okay, we need somebody to work on a spirit of rejection right here for poor Henry. <laughs> but like, make sure you're in pairs. If you're not in pairs, put up your hand. Everybody else look for somebody with your hand up and come and find somebody. Doesn't matter whether you know them, don't know them. If you're in threes, you can't count. I need you in twos, okay? All right. Here's what we're gonna do. Take me back to my classroom days, where like you just lose the class when you go to group work. Okay, so pay attention, to class. Ding, 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 ding. Eyes on teacher. Here we go. Here's what I want you to do. The tallest person is gonna go first. So the tallest person out of the pair like herding cats. All right, stay with me till I release you. Tallest person, we're gonna do this step by step. Tallest person, you're gonna to say to the shorter person, remember, you're just role-playing, excuse me, but do you have pain in your, belly, in your body? Go ahead. Okay, now, shorter person, you're gonna say, why, yes, I do. <laughs> Taller person... You're going to say, oh, repeat this after me. And then lead them through that four-line prayer. You say a line, they say a line until you're all done. Now, taller person, you're not done yet because you still have one more step, super important step. You have to say to them, now check yourself. Now, shorter person, squeal with delight because you just got healed. Great, 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 great. Okay, let's do a role reversal, okay? Shh, this is beautiful. You guys are doing wonderful, right? Role reversal here. Shorter person, ask the taller person, excuse me, but you have pain in your body. And the taller person, you say, why, yes, I do. Shorter person, you're gonna say, oh, repeat this after me. And then you lead them through that four-line prayer. Okay, now shorter person, you're not done yet. You're going to say, now check yourself. And the taller person, squeal with delight because you just got healed. All right, very good. Give yourselves a round of applause. Have a seat. Have a seat. Very good. Thank you for your participation. Interactive church is so fun. If you're at home, hopefully you paired up with somebody or you could just have a conversation with yourself. That'd be fun. Okay, a couple of questions. First thing, why do I get you to say, excuse me, but do you have pain in your body? Yeah, you're just being polite. Like, I've noticed that you can walk up to anybody on the street and you say, excuse me, do you know the time? And they won't think you're a weirdo. Just because of like polite conversational training that we've had our whole life. you would be like, yeah, 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 it's 12. Is it 12.55. Whoa, it's 12.55. All right, let's speed this up. All right? Now, here's what I found is if you just walk up to a stranger and say, excuse me, but do you have pain in your body? Depending on your level of rapport or the social circumstances, it might not work that well. If you're at Whole Foods, if you're checking out, if you're speaking to your waiter, don't let that be the first thing out of your mouth or they're going to be like, oh, it's one of these. All right? Have a normal conversation. Establish that you are, in fact, human. Like, hey, how are you? How's your day going? The weather, huh? Crazy. All right? just have a conversation with them and then just say, by the way, like this this might be super random, but you have pain in your body. By that point, you've built a rapport. Second thing, why do I get you to say, repeat this after me and not pray this with me? It's religious. Now, like depending again where you are in the country, pray with me might be better. Repeat Actually, I've never found it more helpful because usually evangelicals are like, well, your kind of prayer can't be my kind of prayer because we would never do this, right? So even though you're a Christian and they're a Christian, they're deeply suspicious. So I say repeat this after me, uh, just like way, way, way easier. And then the other thing is the reason you get them to check themselves is to find out what's happened. If nothing has shifted, that would be odd. A conservative estimate of my experience in doing this would be probably 80 or 90% of the time people get healed the first time. Of that, like 10 to 20% where they don't, usually about 80 to 90% of people get, get a breakthrough when you ask, was it an accident? Have you forgiven the person whose fault it was? Even if that person's fault was themselves, right? So high levels of success. One day I asked the Lord of that, Lord, why is it so much easier to get people out of the church healed than it is people in the church? And the Lord was like, well, that's easy. People in the church have just had testimony after testimony after testimony of it not working. Like how many times have you been prayed for in church and nothing happened? So like you build up an expectation. People out in the street are just, they'll go for it. Like, like I said, their faith level is, is high enough to warrant a miracle. Remember, size of, faith the size of a mustard seed moves mountains, right? So like a healing is way, way less significant than moving mountains. All right, here's a fun thing for you to do if, if well, we just played a game, right? We're just role-playing, we're just practicing. But for real, if you had pain, if you had sickness, if there was something wrong in your body before we played that game, I want you to just check yourself just now, see if the pain... Healing has shifted. Just go and do like If you need to stand up, you stand up. I see somebody waving at me. Just put up your hand if you notice a difference, if you notice an improvement, if you notice something's better. I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four, I see five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 people. And guys, we were just pretending to heal the sick. I'm serious, like we were pretending and the Holy Spirit was like, oh, somebody's saying the right words. I'll back that up, right? Your words have power. I'm serious, like stuff shifts. Um, this morning, we had a beautiful, ah, oh, beautiful testimony. I just did the same thing, like, hey, check your body and there was way less, I don't know, like it was three, four, something like that. <clears throat> At the end of the service, somebody came up to me, could barely contain themselves. They said, I've had something called station tube malfunction. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, like station tube malfunction in my ears for years, which means I can't hear. And I've just been in the doctors and they said, hey, it's gonna take months for it to clear up. When we prayed that thing, my ear popped open. I can hear everything. I can hear the hum of the air conditioning. I can hear your voice. They were freaked out. I was like, that would have been a good testimony to stand up and shout at me, not politely go, yeah, I have an improvement. All right. Uh, can we give the lord a round of applause because let's not just forget that a bunch of people just got healed <laughs> here's my challenge for you this could just be a fun service hey remember the time we were at church and alan made us play that game it could be a fun service but my challenge to you today is the same challenge that sam left you with You didn't just get taught to be entertained. I didn't just fill up some time. The Holy Spirit is eager to be at work and is looking for people who will carry him into their normal everyday life. Remember Luke 18. Jesus was just on a road trip. Some of you are going to be on road trips this week. Going to see family. Going for Thanksgiving. Making Thanksgiving preparations when you're out and about. Just test the Lord and his goodness. Just, if you will be brave enough to awkwardly say, excuse me, do you have pain in your body? You will be amazed at what happens, amen? Amen. All right, Shannon, come and give us some words of knowledge.